Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live business and market streaming channel. Great to have your company here on a uh, on a Monday afternoon. Uh, just gone 12 uh, Eastern Standard Time. That means it's time for the call where we look at 10 stocks suggested by you and we put them to two, let me call them esteemed experts today, I think. Joining us on the panel, Rob Corlett from uh, Macro Capital. Rob, good to see you. Welcome back. And Francesco Destratus from Audmeta. Thanks. Francesco, good to see you. Good weekend. Lovely weekend, except Excellent. for a bit of the wet weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. world needed here in uh, New South Wales, we're going yes. to which is good. And Rob, what about you? Good yep. weekend? Yeah, absolutely, just under the weather. So. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at our stock of the day. And I thought today we'd take a look at Aristocrat Australian Super. Um, came in as a major shareholder uh, last week, one of our big superannuation funds. And um, Francesco, what do you think of Aristocrat? Yeah, look, not surprised they've come in. We've got yeah. a buy recommendation on Aristocrat at Ords. Um, the share price has obviously come back after COVID. Um, you know, we're expecting second half earnings to be uh, worse than first half, and that is obviously a reflection on, on the coronavirus. Uh, um, and, you know, we're expecting sales to decrease uh, quite significantly in the second half. Uh, but going forward, you know, the, 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 you know, the casino operators, you know, are not spending any money at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but when we come out of coronavirus, they're going to have to start sort of promoting themselves. So they'll start updating machines and things like that. Um, so there's a bit of an unknown, I suppose, with that side of it, as opposed to the negatives, if you like. Um, but the digital part of the business for Aristocrat is growing, growing quite a bit over this period as well, right. because people aren't gambling at the casinos or at the hotels and things like that. So at home, they're going online and gambling. gambling. So right. they're not sort of making up what they've lost ground on um, you know, with the, the, the on-land uh, gaming, if you like. Um, but they're making up some of that difference. But when we come out of coronavirus, we expect to yep. see an uplift there. So, uh, and, and where it's trading at the moment, you know, we think it's relatively cheap. Yeah. Okay. All right, Rob? Yeah, look, I guess long term we kind of agreed with uh, Francesco that um, you know it's not a bad place to be, but right now it's too early for us to get involved in it. Um, you know, forty six percent of their revenue does come from digital. Um, they've got about twenty seven percent from gaming operations, twenty seven percent from forty six percent from digital. Yeah. Now, see, that surprises me. I've, I, I would have thought, you know, like a lot of these bricks and mortar companies, they go, yes, digital's going great, but when you look at the numbers, it's quite tiny. Hmm. But Almost half its revenue from uh, from digital. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty well set up. Yeah, so. they, they yeah. made an acquisition at uh, in August two thousand seventeen. A company called um, Polarium uh, for about half a billion dollars. So right. that really pushed them into the online space. Right. Um, okay. So look, we get that um, COVID's kind of stopping people from getting out to the hotels and 
and doing as much as what they would. For that reason, we'd probably just lighten the stock at the moment. Right. Uh, we've got a preferred name in that gambling space called uh, Jumbo Interactive. All right. Um, okay. So they do lottery tickets, which is yeah. all online. The online um, lottery tickets online is lottery. That, and have a deal with Tabcorp, don't they, to sell you? Yeah, yeah, recently. Your um, lottos, Powerballs, and yeah. recently renewed it. Yeah, that's right. Look, that, that unfortunately, that contract's probably going to cost them about um, 8% growth over three years, right. um, paying away um, up to 4.65% of earnings if they get over $400 million in, um, in revenue. But ultimately, um, they look to be expanding globally. Um, yeah. And so we, both those stocks are kind of recession-proof to a yeah. degree. Yeah. yeah, in fact, we had the chief executive of Jumbo Interactive on Ausbiz or about two or three weeks ago after they did that deal because they, they got hammered, didn't they, in the market saying, oh, yeah. Tabcorp's now fleecing you, ripping you off. Yeah. And the chief executive made the point that um, they're not a gambling business, they're a software business mm -hmm. and they're selling that online lottery software, white labelling it now to other organisations and doing it around the world, into Europe and the US as well. So yeah, he said, sort of think of us almost not just lotteries, but almost a SaaS business yeah, as yeah, well, 100%. which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, especially is selling the software. Yeah. You know, the companies they sell that to are the ones that specialise in selling the gaming side of it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. if you're thinking of it as a two-stage process, then yeah. 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 look, we like Jumbo as well. We don't cover it, but you know, yeah. we're following it for quite some time. Okay. I think it's a bit expensive maybe, but... Yeah, these things always trade expensively. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's take uh, a look at your 10 stocks now that you've suggested. And first up, Francesco, um, Joel has asked for opinion on uh, Super Retail Group. Now, this they have some, um, uh, some pretty great brand names in Super Cheap Auto, uh, MacPack, BC&F. Uh, what's that care stand for? Boating, camping, camping and, and fishing, fishing or yeah, something. There's another term there. That's yeah. <laughs> Careful, Francesca. Uh, and also Rebel Sport, which um, is a famous brand name as well. What do you think of Super Yeah, look, we, we, we don't mind this one. Um, it hasn't um, benefited from the COVID period like the likes of JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman where people have had to mm. upgrade computers and you know, get more entertainment devices, if you like. Uh, but we think, that, uh, uh, except for maybe the Rebel brand, has, has probably performed okay through there because people, you know, while they're locked in at home, they want to do uh, exercise, gyms are shut down, so they've yep. you know, had to go and buy things to, to, to maintain their health and fitness. Uh, we think post-coronavirus, or even around this period now, where people are saying, well, we can't travel. So, so the brands like boating, camping and fishing and some of those outdoor retail outlets uh, probably going to benefit because people will do alternative holidays. Yeah. It'll be camping and things like that. So, yeah. so we don't mind the business. You know, we're not we're not jumping out of skin buying the stock, but we think it's an accumulate. Um, you know, it trades on a fairly attractive dividend yield, but you know, on a on a multiple a PE multiple, it's probably relatively high at this stage. But yeah. if those revenues start to churn through. Uh, for those reasons I mentioned, then we could expect yep. some upgrades there. Okay, all right. So accumulate for uh, for super retail group from Ords. Um, what do you think, Rob? Yeah, look, we'd accumulated as well. Um, so the dividend is quite attractive. Uh, they did cancel the February dividend. So mm -hmm. uh, with that stripped out, it comes in at about 5%. Yep. Um, you know, with that dividend, if they re-implement it, you're probably looking at about 9.98%. Um, quite volatile with their earnings due to COVID. So in, in April, we saw their sales down 26.2%. 
and then in May they rebound and they'll back up 26.5%. Mm. So um, look, super cheap auto, 30, 38% uh, of revenue, 37% uh, from Rebels. Um, super cheap's obviously benefiting from the uh, DIY uh, on, your, on your car. Uh, yeah. Rebels from the home exercise equipment. Um, those two combined account for about 82% of EBITDA. So um, we, we like it, we could accumulate it. Probably the thing that's stopped the share price from running of, of recent times is uh, in June and July, they did an uh, equity raising. Uh, so it was an entitlement offer. Right. Uh, they raised but just over 200 million. It was a one for seven uh, accelerated non-rights uh, issue. So that was done at $7.19. So we just got to wait for that um, share price to kind of get mm. washed through. Right. Probably what's kept it back down. How long down. does that take, do you reckon? Two or three months, I'd say. Right, okay, yep. all right. And then uh, look after that, it should be fine. So all eyes on the uh, results coming out. Um, if they do anything with the dividend and maybe you know, pump that back up again, uh, it'd go from an accumulate to an buy for us. Right, okay. Because yeah. the, the, the thematic there is that uh, if you're going into a recession, people keep their cars longer and so spend more yeah. on super cheap auto. And mm. if you can't travel overseas, I read some figures the other day saying the average Australian household spends 20 grand a year or 30 grand a year on overseas holidays, and now you can't yeah. take it. Where are you going to do it? But I, I suppose the argument is, if you <laughs> if you're not going skiing in Japan, will you go camping at Mudgett? <laughs> well, <laughs> for them to benefit. So not in this know. weather at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. a good example of uh, what you mentioned there with you know people fixing their cars, car sales. Uh, revenue figures results were out the other day and they were very strong. Yeah. And that's a good example of second-hand cars being turned over rather than people going and buy the brand new car because they're a bit concerned about what where things might be in the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. If you're looking to get exposure purely to that um, second-hand car market, we'd actually look at a company called Infomedia. So oh, they right. supply the software that tracks all the uh, movement of, of spare parts um, through a, a second-hand dealer. Ah. So, um, yeah, InfoMedia would be our play ah, in okay. that space. Oh, if you want to specialise on it. Okay. Um, Rob, our next uh, stock suggested uh, by Will. Thanks for that, Will. Uh, Tesserent Limited. It's a, a cyber security business that, that I suppose comes in and, and protects large corporates from, from being hacked overseas, which is... A good storyline at the moment when you've got a prime minister saying cyber security is what is going to be driving defence budget yep. <laughs> over the next couple of years as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the business uh, monitors, filters and, and reports on emails and web uh, threats. Um, also does firewall stuff, data um, centres, co-hosting of your, your servers, etc. Um, look, this one... They've had a Prime Minister's spike by the look of it. <laughs> yes, yes. So ScoMo came out and said he's putting a, a $1.35 billion package together um, focusing on cyber enhancement situational awareness. Right. Uh, it looks as though uh, these guys, um, led by Jeff Lord uh, as the chairman, will actually right. um, kind of take advantage of that. What's Jeff Lord's background again? Chairman of the Hawthorne Football Club. That's The mighty, mighty Hawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A recent... Uh, Appointment there. Yeah. Look, we, we, we could discuss all day if it's the mighty, mighty Hawks with 13 premierships is a better club or yeah, the uh, yeah, yeah, Port Adelaide yeah, okay, Power with your 36. You're in a bit of strife at the moment. So. <laughs> Port Adelaide, good, good club. <laughs> um, look, I think what um, Jeff Lord brings to the table is um, his background was building the UXC business, which was the largest Australian IT consulting services business. Right. He started oh. that in 05 for 5 million sold it in 16 for about 427 million. Right, okay. Um, did that through acquisitions. 
And what mm. we're seeing for uh, uh, this company is um, last year they bought uh, Rivium, they bought Pure Securities, they bought North, uh, and then last month, so this month, they bought Sear, which again, um, supposed to be earnings accretive immediately. So revenue right. of 7.6 million, earnings of 2.2 million EBITDA. Um, it, it looks as though this business is going to go grow through acquisitions. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's had a. Are you a, a buyer at twenty cents? Um, we'd accumulate it. Yeah. Right. Look for a pullback, buy the stock, and let it go from there. Okay. Yeah. Francesco, what do you think? We don't have any recommendation on this. Right. It's a bit small. <laughs> a bit small for us to be uh, uh, covering our, our, our analysts covering it. But look, we had a look into it. Um, one thing that I, I like what I've seen is is that for June they've become cash flow positive, yeah. uh, EBITDA positive. That's always you know ticks a box for me. Once they move, you know they're, they're progressing if you like from you know, investing to, to actually becoming profitable. That that's always a positive for me. Um, yeah, they've raised some debt for this acquisition of Sears, which I didn't have time to have a look at the the, yeah. the balance sheet in detail whether they're highly geared or not, but. Making assumptions of what Rob's just said there, you know, good management. You'd think that they'd be uh, have that under control. You'd like to think. Um, the other thing that I liked about the acquisition was I noticed that they have some federal government contracts that'll that'll come into the fold, which yeah. um, gives me a bit of confidence that you know they're dealing at the right end of the market. Number one, number two, they, they tend to be fairly sticky those types of contracts yeah. as well. So, and if you get the tick from defence. You're right. You're it goes flows through to a few yeah, other yeah. departments Because the as governance, well. they go into the company pretty deeply, don't they? Before yeah. they commit to it. And then look, you know, some government departments. I suppose it's a bit like fund managers, where where they if a, a large fund manager will get a mandate. Um, other institutions that want to invest money will piggyback on the back of that right. big mandate. So it'll be similar sort of thing where someone's yeah. done due diligence, they'll rely upon other departments that have done that okay. due diligence. So look. Um, for me, it's hard to put a value on it, um, but you know, I always look at the company and think, is this a good company or not a good company? I think you know, th there's positive signs there for yep. me. Then you'd have to get okay. in the path of you know, what's it worth. And an interesting story too. Very sort of interesting. Around twenty cents. It's at the that minnow yeah, yeah. end of the market. Well, it had a big spike after they announced that they went positive on the cash flow and positive right. on the oh, So that was a but reason for the leap from Yeah, that was the news on that. Cents. But then it, it fell back when they announced the acquisition of Sear. Now, whether that's people just taking profits and right, okay. you know, we'd have to follow it through mm. a bit further. Okay. All right. Indra, thank you for that, Will. Uh, good suggestion. Um, our third stock, uh, Francesco, comes from Bob. It's for Vista Group International. Now, th this is a dual listing, is that here in New, New Zealand. Zealand? It's a New Zealand company, but yeah. listing here. In the know, film industry, in the but it, in the tech part of it. Yeah, so software solutions for the film industry. They've got four segments, cinema, movio, additional group companies, uh, and early stage investments. Now, right. what all that means, I'm no movie expert, and, and you know, it looks like it's you know fallen from grace since the mid-2019s. Now, yep. I'm not too sure what's driven that. Um, uh, there was there was a yeah mid a last 20. year there was a resignation um, <coughs> of the CFO I think um, whether that had something to do with the, the fall in the share price recent falls is obviously due to the COVID I think you know film productions sort of slowed if yeah. not been stalled in this period yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I I would probably sit back from this one and watch what happens uh, over the next twelve months and yeah. you know if you like the business. Um, then and, and the, you know obviously movies are moving more technologically advanced. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see how it comes out of the the, the coronavirus um, issues. 
Yeah, it's come down a long way, it has that. What do you think, Rob? Look, it's a quite complicated business model that they've got. Um, they've got one business that looks after box office concession uh, point of sale uh, software for yeah. large cin cinema chains, more than 20. They've got another business that looks after the small ones for less than 20 screens. They've got a business that looks after marketing and data analytics. They've got another one that calculates the film rights and royalties. They've got another business that looks at some predictive analysis using AI and how many people will attend. Yeah. Um, they've got another one that produces music videos and websites and things like that. It almost to you know someone as an outsider, I, I look at it and say, this needs a whole new overhaul. Just make it simplistic. Um, and what we typically find is companies where the investor can't quite understand what's going on typically don't do too well. Yeah. Um, you know, the company itself had a 5% decrease in EBITDA last year uh, and a 14% decrease in operational uh, costs. Uh, and all that leaves us to, to say it's, it's a sell. Yeah. Um, and gosh, if I could say, mate, I'd say I'd rather take 100 bucks go and buy two gold class tickets, <laughs> um, you know, an overpriced chock top and a bucket of uh, popcorn. Um, right now, this, this is a sell, right? Right, you, you okay. Because it's, it's a challenging environment for cinemas for uh, the next little while. I suppose the theme is that just specialises in, in that industry for, hmm. for movies, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's theatres and helping them to do it. Yeah. All right, there you go, Bob, takes for that. Uh, our fourth suggestion uh, for a stock comes from Julian Altium, uh, an American but Australian domiciled um, software company, uh, provides um, uh, electronic design boards, does that? Sort of uh, uh, the mother load circuit boards for, uh, uh, for PCs and um, it's part of the WAX, isn't yep, it? it? I is. think index. Is, one of the A's in there is for Altium, and I think the other one's Appen, isn't it? I yeah, think. And Afterpay in there as well. Afterpay after as well. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Altium? Yeah, uh, we'd hold it. Uh, right. it's, it's quite expensive, um, but you know they have this fifty percent rule, where they try and achieve uh, fifty percent combined between revenue growth and EBITDA margins. Ah. So um, look, so far they've been very successful in doing that. Um, they do the printed circuit boards, so it's in anything that's electronic basically. Yeah. Um, cars, washing machines, you name it, it's there. Um, look, we're expecting that that market to reach about $79 billion by uh, 2024. Oh. Um, so, yeah, look, huge global company, 800 employees, you know, 140 odd million sales rev, US dollars. So look, uh, we're happy to be in there and, and go along for the ride, um, but obviously just be careful of valuations. Right, okay, $33 hold rather than a, a buy at that we get up to in uh, in January up around 42. Mm. Yeah look, look we're, we're trusting the chairman on this one uh, right. Samuel, Samuel Weiss um, he's done some good things previously um, we, we'd be happy to, to go along for the ride but okay. just be careful where you're getting. Okay Francesco what do you think about him? I like Rob's last comment be careful. <laughs> 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 we, we got a lighting on it uh, it's had five downgrades I think since December last year right. that's always a cause of concern um, look, uh, and I think the issues, not just just in uh, new sales, um, but also renewals, you know, and, 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 you know, this type of company, you know, analysts are saying that, you know, they'll benefit from strong market, uh, strong margins in the good times, yeah. but they really get squeezed in, in, in the tough times. So trading at these levels, it's around about 100 times. To me, that's nosebleed territory, and yeah. you know, I, I'd be happy to be taking some of it off the table, if not all of it. Right, okay, yeah. all right. So a sell from you, 
in terms of it if you've been there for a ride. And if you've been there for well, five you're in, yeah. years, you look yeah. at that, that's been one hell of a ride to yeah. take a few profits. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, our analysts are going right <laughs> on it, you know, rather than an outright sell. But, yep. you know, it depends on where you are and what, you know, how much you're holding. You know, if you've got $20,000 worth, what's that relative to the rest of your portfolio? You know, yep. so, so uh, you know, as a recommendation, we would be lightning. Um, yep. But, yeah. It scares me when a company has five downgrades in a short period of time. Right. And so it's based in America, but listed here, is it? Why Why do companies do that? If you're an American business, why wouldn't you just stay listed in America? Um, a, sometimes the companies in the US think that they're too small for the NASDAQ listing, ah. so they might sort of go elsewhere. Right. Um, so list, listing get, rules might be a bit They'll get lost different. amongst the, the big boys. Yeah. Right. You, you notice some Australian companies that are small tech-type companies that, that try and dual list in NASDAQ, unless they're really, really successful, don't last long over there and they right. got to list because it can be very expensive. Right. Um, so don't yeah. know the reasons why they did yeah, it here, yeah, yeah. but in their early days it might have been because of the size of their listing and their capital okay. raising. All right. Okay, uh, Fitstock comes from Suggested by Harry. Another tech tech business, we're on a bit of a roll here, uh, Bravura Solutions, it's a software um, uh, business, but specialising in wealth management, life insurance, funds administration, in terms of, um, I suppose, tracking investment performance and administration, Francesco. Yeah, and, and look, you know, there's got some, a few some, in this area. There's a, yeah, there? There's, there is a few, but there's a bit of a, it's, it's a confusing type of market, where these guys are, are basically providing software and licensing um, software, so they're not at the, at the front end. They're sort of in the engine room, if you right. like. Um, yeah, they provide a lot of solutions. One, you know, key I suppose subject at the moment is regulatory solutions and the ah, IT side. Right. So I think that's a big area for them. So um, that whole governance issue. Whole governance issue. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, and they're, they're they're pretty good at innovate at innovation and and you know, scalability. You know creating economies of scale. I, I think, you know, well, we don't cover the stock, um, but, you know, it, it is a promising uh, stock, you know. It, it, you know. it trades on a reasonable PE, you know, relative to the rest of the industry. So, uh, look, I think, you know, without putting valuations on it or anything like that, I, I think, the, you know, it looks like it's in a good space. Right. Uh, from what I understand, management, uh, very, very competent. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think someone investing in this would have to do a little bit more digging into that. Okay. Rob? Yeah, look, um, no, they've got good margins, 18%. Um, as we're saying, the uh, majority of their revenue comes from this annual reoccurring revenue. So 78% of their revenue is reoccurring. They're on long-term contracts, five to 10 years. Um, we've seen average uh, reoccurring revenue or annual reoccurring revenue up 17%. Uh, it's growing at 14% compound annual growth rate over five years. So it's got some things to like about mm. it. Um, 67% of its revenue comes from wealth management, 33 from funds administration. Um, the funds administration's got a little bit more margin in their business, yep. so it's closer to 50%. Um, look, we'd hold it. Uh, it's not a problem yep. for us, but um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, P is, P is okay. Dividend, yeah. It has a dividend. Um, so is it, how's it different to, what else are in that, that area? Is that the net wealth? So are they in that area? Well, net wealth or? would. I don't know if they're a customer of theirs, but they would right. utilise some right. of their, okay. their services. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the wealth management platform would allow um, advisors to give uh, personal advice and have the statements yeah. produced and all the reporting that goes along with that. And I think really their, their big uh, area of advancement will be the compliance side of things. That's where they right. can carve out their niche. Yeah. Yeah. ASIC will really make sure. 
that that becomes a really big focus. <laughs> I think it well, has already and will continue to well, be. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Harry. That's Bravura Solutions. That's um, our first five suggestions from you. Just to do a bit of a recap. Stock of the day, Aristocrat. Um, uh, a yes from Francesco. Uh, um, a hold from, uh, from Rob, uh, who also likes Jumbo Interactive, as Francesco likes, as if you want to look at an alternative. Uh, Super Retail which is uh, Super Cheap Auto and Rebel Sport and the like, accumulate from both Rob and Francesco. Um, uh, Tesserent, a small company, really isn't on the odds uh, radar. Uh, Rob knows it um, uh, reasonably well, good chairman, so happy to accumulate based on that. Uh, Vista Group, a no, uh, largely because of that, um, of the, it's in the cinema movie business. It has a few headwinds at the moment with no one, well, not many people allowed to go to uh, cinemas. Um, a no on Altium from uh, Francesco, a hold from Rob, um, and a hold on Bravura. So uh, that's our first five stocks. All right, let's uh, look at the second five stocks that you've suggested. And... Um, Rob uh, Senya has kicked it off with uh, Mervac Group, um, one of our premier um, property groups that's across everything, isn't it? Residential, retail, office, industrial, um, hospitality. Uh, Mervac, one of our great property groups. Yeah, look, uh, revenue composition is actually 45% from the office and industrial space, uh, 37 from residential, 15 from retail. Um, we don't like the space, per se. Um, obviously, it... What, well, as a sector? As a sector. Right. We're not keen on it. Um, look, they've had some good uh, numbers come through. They've got a, a $200 million in net um, in a debt facility due, but that's not for another two years. Um, you know, we've had some good growth numbers coming out of their business, but it's just not where we want to be. Um, we think that if you want to get into that space, um, something like um, Goodman Group would probably be a little bit better. Um, a lot of the talk these days in this REIT space is about the um, low density housing. Yeah. So um, if you look at the land bank that Mervac Group have, 86% of their land bank is low density. But if you're wanting to focus in on that, then you could go to Stockland Group, which have 99% of their land bank right. is low density. So right. Either way you cut it. it so low density is anything except apartments. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one likes apartments at the moment, but so, quite rightly from all the figures. Yeah, yeah, so the way we don't like the sector as a whole, and if you do want to go there, I just think there are other alternatives to get to the exposure. So we'd say it's going to underperform, and we'd be happy to let it go. Right. Francesco, you take a move back. Um, just on Rob's comment, not liking the sector, I think you've just got to be selective in this sector more than sort yep. of dis discard it. Our analysts have got to accumulate. I probably don't agree with that, you know, being as strong. Um, look, it, it, it trades on a, a, I would say, you know, relative to the sector and where it should trade, it's probably a little bit high on a multi PE multiple. The dividends around normal, uh, gearing levels are normal. So, you know, they're yeah. things that I really look at with property trusts is their gearing, their, their earnings, and then, you know, what what they're paying out. So so they all fit sort of within, maybe it's a little bit high, not too much. It is a well-managed company. Um, I'm a little bit uncertain with the retail. Um, you know, there's certain retail that I don't mind, but I'd be avoiding things like your center groups and things like that because yeah. I just think there's a whole big transition going in, in that yeah, space. Big write-downs, what was it, vicinity at the end of last yeah. week? Yeah. Uh, 
writing down their shopping malls by two yeah. billion. That was yeah. almost a precursor of maybe things to come. Well, yeah, and, and look, you know, the face of these types of places are going to start changing over the yeah. next five to ten years. They should have done it, you know, five or ten years ago, yeah. but they're going to have to start doing it. You know, you talk. I talk to a lot of people in property, um, you know, from time to time. A lot of people that know the Westfield business pretty closely. Some of their centres, um, you know, you know, starting to feel the pinch on mm. you know vacancies, you know, seriously. So and, and so also tenants like Solomon Lou well, say, if you think I'm going to pay rent, rent exactly on the right. on the Smiggles and Peter Alexander, yeah, yeah. got another thing coming. So when I talk about the sector, I say you've got to be cautious of the sector. Yeah. But you know, there's certain areas like you know, uh, property trusts that have long. You know, weighted average lease expiries for fairly defensive property investments. Okay. So, that's so there's, charter a, there's a charter hall one. There's yeah. a couple other smaller ones. The charter yeah. hall one, you know, they're tenants of government departments, large yeah. corporates. Um, yeah, they do have a little bit of exposure to Virgin, but it's only 2% of their earnings or right. revenue or whatever it is. Right. Um, and the other risky part of their business is, you know, the cafes in the foyers of these stores. But again, it's a very small part of their, their rent. Yeah, their lease expiry is going out in five, ten years. So I think yeah. the weighted average lease expiry, and don't quote me on this, might be between sort of seven and a half years for, for, for yeah. the Charter Hall one. So, I think you can feel so pretty they, comfortable. So you're, you're saying they could get through this down cycle? Well, I think they'll get through a it quite, a quite well, a yeah, well. because you know, government departments aren't going to say we can't pay rent. Yeah. You know, they, they will commit to the rent. You know, Telstra's of the world, the Australia Post's of the world, yeah. they're going to commit to their rent. It's yeah. you know, the, the Solomon Lou's of the world that are yeah. going to say we're not paying our rent at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, we can't pay our rent. Um, yeah. So, so look, I, 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 you know, from a sector point of view, um, I'd be you know, yes, cautious of looking at areas yeah. where there are more defensive investments there. Um, rather than the, the growth type property yeah. trusts. Because um, I don't know, and I, am I sort of going to the extreme here, but every everything I read is terrible across property. Yeah. Um, um, what did I read today in the Financial Review that Sydney CBD rents they reckon will drop uh, 30% yeah. uh, in terms of commercial rents in the next two years. Then you had vicinity last week uh, chopping down its... Uh, devaluing its uh, shopping centre portfolio by $2 billion. Then I read that there's one in six inner city apartments in Sydney vacant at the moment, and there's going to yeah. be... I a lot thinking, of pressure on that whole sector. Flame and hell. Yeah. That property is in for a terrible two years. Well, I think that the, there's a um, property group, Retail Shopping Centres Australia, which are not the big format Westfield type stores. They're the small corner oh. with the Coles and Woolies you know, anchor store, yeah, yeah. maybe 20 you know, retail stores. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you go to some of those centres and you can see, mm. well, there's actually a fair bit of activity. Mm. There's the, 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 even the small retail stores. Which backs up what you're saying, be selective. Be selective, in, yeah. Because I'm, I'm, Rob, uh, I think almost a bit like you, getting swapped with all this bad information and thinking, I just don't want anything to do with property yeah. except if I want to get a cheaper rent. Yep. <laughs> Look, they, they cut their dividend too by 50% on the last year. So there's no franking credits. They've cut their dividends. Yeah. Who's to say what they do moving forward if they cut yeah. that some more? So until there's more clarity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But a great business. Great, yeah. well-run business yeah. for just, just generations. Has up. All right. Our uh, seventh stock um, is suggested by Simone Francesco. Domino Pizzas. Um, obviously, we know what it's what it does. It's had a, a bit of a 
roller coaster couple of years, hasn't it? But uh, tended to perform pro- quite strongly when we're all in lockdown. You know, home deliveries went yeah. through the roof. This is a global company now. Yeah, you know, it's a big. Yeah, company. just remind me how. I don't it's, think they sell purchase in Italy, Dave. No, 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 no. But you're quite right. We we only see it as an Australian business, but it is massive, it's massive. overseas now, Absolutely. isn't it? When Absolutely. you talk about the Domino's brand around the world, this Australian list of business just dominates yeah. the global. Belgium, France, yeah. Netherlands, Japan, Germany, Luxembourg, Denmark. Yeah. It's not in the US because obviously they have their own sort of yep. format of pizzas and it's obviously the Italians, you know. Um, but, you know, <laughs> they, they do they do spread their wings and they're, and they're pretty pretty smart about their expansion as well. They do their research and, you know, don't just go into areas where they, you know, they're going to find it tough. Yep. Um, so, so, like that part of the business, um, you know, trades on a fairly high multiple at 40 times, but... I suppose with the growth that they experience, does it deserve 40 times? Maybe, maybe not. We, we have a whole recommendation. I, I would probably lean to the to the negative on that whole right. rather than the positive because right. of where the share price is at the moment. You can see that that chart there. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's getting up into that sort of high territory where it has back up to record levels. Back up, back up to record levels, and yeah. then, you know, and obviously people are seeing that you know coronavirus demand. You know, people are you know yeah. You know, We've seen it with the supermarkets where, you know, they're getting margins back again and, yep. you know, people are, are, can't go to restaurants as much and things like that, so they're, they're getting the takeaway. Um, so the question mark around it would be once restrictions are lifted, and we could be going back into more restrictions here, Victoria is already, um, you know, what happens in Europe and things like that. Um, do, when we come out of restrictions, do people sort of start dining out again more than right. they get the takeaway? So, yeah, yeah I, I'd be looking to sort of say, well, it's a hold. Uh, if it runs past these levels, it'd be sort of starting to say, let's take some of this off the table. Right. It's getting a bit heady. Okay. Rob, what do you think of Domino's? Yeah, so look, going back to the revenue side, uh, 39% of the revenue comes from Europe, uh, 35% comes from Japan, only 26% comes from Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, so, see, that's a good reminder. Mm to us as investors that just because you're investing in Australian business, sort of even pizzas, this is a global company. Well, what surprised me, Koshi, was that uh, Japan's Japan got, yeah, yeah, it's growing at 7.6%. Australia's big on pizzas in Japan, Look, it it was a tough call for me over the weekend not to uh, buy some donuts just for my DD. Do your research. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, But look, they've done a really good job in their business um, transforming to this COVID environment. They've got this zero contact delivery, zero contact for pickup. Um, You know, we're seeing some small positive gains uh, in store, new store revenue. But really, this business um, grows through um, franchisees opening up new stores. And and here in Australia, New Zealand, who wants to invest in a business that, you know, really needs people to be coming into the stores on a regular basis? Um, look, we, we'd hold it as well if you had it. Yep. Um, similar to what Francesca was saying, if it starts running anymore, maybe you start lightening it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it pulled back significantly on something, you know, you could look at maybe picking some up mm-hmm. if you wanted that growth. But um, right now, it's the top of the valuation for us. I met, I met a guy who um, has about five of them mm-hmm. in part of Victoria. This is probably two or three years ago. Could not believe the technology behind it. Mm. He showed me his dashboard on his mobile that linked all five stores together, and they were in similar geographic area, where he could. It gave him the um, the average 
price of a pizza being sold in each of those stores over the last hour and over the last day, um, yeah, the cost to do each pizza, um, and also staff numbers. So if one was doing better than the other, it could ring up and just transfer one of the staff 10Ks down the road to uh, to one of the others. I was stunned. They cost less than a dollar to make, oh, those pizzas. The technology platform's amazing, <laughs> yeah. isn't yeah. it? So $5 pizzas, which sometimes they do those promotions and you go, $5, that's how so cheap. Do how do you make money? Yeah. They still make a lot yeah, of money yeah. on well, five I mean, bucks. I mean, they, they, yeah, you've got to remember, pizzas were invented many thousands of years ago yeah, in yeah. Naples, and it's a bit of bit of flour, <laughs> a bit of water, and a bit of tomato <laughs> topping. There's oh, not much to it. Francesco, come on. Hey, they're my heritage as well, yeah, but yeah, uh, there's not much to it. You're taking the romance out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, Simone, there you go. There's an opinion on Domino's and... And pizza making. And pizza making, <laughs> exactly right. You get everything here on the call, let me tell you. All right, let's go to our uh, our eight stocks suggested by Richard. And um, and Rob, Oz Minerals recently uh, made an acquisition, Cassini Resources, isn't it? Or in the process of, of doing that. Um, a big copper and nickel uh, deposit group as well. Oz Minerals is in that base metals too. Yep. So um, share prices have gone ballistic of late. Uh, we're putting that down to some COVID interruptions for Chile and Peru. Uh, Chile's the number one uh, exporter of uh, copper globally, it's 31%. Peru comes in number two, Australia comes in number three. So mm. they're very well positioned to take advantage of that. Um, look, their main projects are over in South Australia. They've got Prominent Hill, 68% uh, yeah. of their copper revenue comes from there. 81% uh, of their gold comes from there. We're bullish on um, copper, therefore, in the short term. Obviously, we're, we're bullish on gold and have been for quite some time. Yeah. So they're operating the right space for us. So um, we could definitely uh, accumulate the stock and we think it's going to be an outperform. Right, okay. And this acquisition, is this going through this Cassini Resources, uh, Australia's largest undeveloped copper and nickel deposit? Uh, they're trying to take full control of it. So obviously trying to build up a, a bank of exploration areas to uh, to expand uh, into. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're at with that acquisition. Yeah, it was but, um, only announced last week or week yeah, before. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure what the life of Prominent Hill is, but <coughs> it's a massive deposit, yep. which you know, is their core um, you know, mine. Um, what's been interesting during this COVID is, is the, uh, you know, the, the commodity prices, you know, copper's mm. been quite strong, mm. aluminium's been strong. Um, well, obviously, it's been driven by supply side rather than demand side, and, you know, the South American countries are, are getting mine disruptions yeah. um, because of the COVID virus, and we don't have that uh, issue here in Australia yeah. as much, uh, if at all, in the mining sectors. Touch, Touch wood. wood. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, I think, you know, the Australian mines are making hay while the sun shines, and, yeah. and Oz Minerals are certainly doing that. Um, I, I look at the PE still not too stretched the way the share price has rallied. Um, you know, as we mentioned, copper and gold prices are very strong. Um, but um, you know, I think the key to this share price drive has been the, the supply disruptions. And uh, right. look, we, we haven't accumulated on it. Um, a bit like iron ore, I suppose. Isn't it? A bit like because iron ore, yeah. Uh, Gold's slightly different, obviously, yeah. because it's a you know, a haven of safety, if you like, in some respects. But, um, yeah, definitely it's it's a bit like iron ore, you know, nickel and, and all that. Uh, I, I'd just be cautious. I mean, our, our, our Accumulate recommendation has been there for quite some time. Um, you know, I'll be, 
I'll be watching our recommendation changes over the next week or two because you know, that seems to me that it's starting to get to a territory where they, they might sort of pull that back to a hold right. uh, rather than be start buying at those levels. Okay. Because uh, you've got to remember once, um, eventually we do, and being a positive person, you know, come out of you know, coronavirus and restrictions yeah. get lifted, you've got to remember the supply side will start to pick up again. Uh, demand not, may not necessarily drive yeah. as much, so those commodity prices I would expect might sort of soften a bit. And, and need to watch South America with COVID too, where, as you were saying, the mines are, and with iron ore. I saw some figures over the weekend, just astonishing, still the number of new cases per day in places like Brazil and Mexico. And the concerning Peru thing in those incredible. sort of countries is you don't know how, you know, how trustworthy a lot of the data is that yeah. come out, and, and yeah, because there's a lot of remote, could be yeah, and yeah, there's a lot of remote places in those sort of countries, and yeah. you know, so you question how and, and and how much you know are they conforming to you know hmm. personal space and things like that. Yeah, I, exactly. like, I don't like call it social distancing. I yep. call it personal space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Richard. Good uh, suggestion there for Oz Minerals. Uh, our ninth stock I'd never heard of, I must admit. So thank you, David, for sending it through. Kip McGrath Education Centre um, has been going for a long time, since 1976. Um, it's all about um, tutoring of kids, yeah. isn't it? And they've got 560 centres globally, mainly in uh, maths and English, I think, yeah. is the specialty for it. So. Well, they tutor from preschool to year 12, right. so they're covering the whole gambit yep. of, of you know, tutoring. Um, why the kids are getting tutored preschool, I yep. don't know. Let them have a bit of fun before they... <laughs> every every parent, parent wants to bring up an Einstein. Yeah, <laughs> so they've got the tutoring arm and they've got educational software as well. So yep. I think that's probably an area where I'd see some positives on the tutoring side of things. I think that's something that you know, is, is a fairly competitive space right. and fairly low barriers to entry. Look, I, I'm not, you know, earnings growth looks like it's fairly consistent, but it, it seems to be tapering off a bit. But I'm not overly excited or enthusiastic about this Is sort there of a space. lot of liquidity in it? Uh, doesn't it doesn't seem to no, move much at all, does it? No. Um, well, you, you'd never heard of it. I'd never heard no. of it until it was put in front of me as well. Um, so it's one of those stocks that sort of sits in the background and yeah. turns away. But look, you know, they have earnings and, and yeah. the earnings have been growing um, steadily. No, nothing to you know, shoot the lights out yeah. into the stratosphere. But um, you, you, I think, you know, if you were thinking about investing in this space, you know, you'd have to do a fair bit more digging. Right. Uh, but I'm not yeah. a fan of some of these, edu you know, G8s and things like that. I've just, um, right. you know, I've seen too many of these things sort of fail. I'm not suggesting yeah. this will. No, no. But, but you go back not to enthusiastic. You think back to ABC, don't you? Which yeah, accumulates, but this isn't slightly different. No. Yeah. Well, the software business interests me a bit because you get leverage out of that. Whereas if you if you've got education where you've got a tutor or you've got young, um, you know, childcare centres and that, how do you grow your business? Well, you've got to cut costs and you can only squeeze them as yeah. much as possible. Once you get all your economies out of the way. Um, then how do you add your revenue? Well, you add more students. Yeah. But if you add more students, you've got to add more costs because they just yeah. go up incrementally as well. Yeah. So uh, once you've squeezed everything out of the lemon, there's nothing left there, I think, yeah. for those sorts of businesses. Okay. Rob, what do you think of Yeah, so uh, the original business model was um, a physical footprint. Um, kids had come in after school, they'd learn maths, they'd learn English. Yeah. Um, COVID hit, completely disrupted everything that they'd built. 
Um, they've tried to transition to online. So online lessons were about 550 a week. They're now doing 20,000 a week. Wow. Um, the face-to-face -face lessons, they were about 36,000. They've dropped down to 2.4 thousand. Right. So there's been this big disruption for their business mm. model. Um, look, can they um, continue to grow the business with this new model? Um, it's doubtful from our perspective, we'd sell the stock. Yep. What we'd prefer, Koshi, is actually to look at a company called 3PL. Now, ah. interestingly, um, Samuel Weiss, who's the chairman of Altium that we spoke about before, yeah. he's also the chairman of uh, 3P Learning. Um, so in his time with Altium, um, we've seen EBITDA grow 11 times right. since uh, 2004, I think it was. Right. Um, in his time with 3P Learning, that has actually grown uh, triple since huh. 2017. So, so what does 3PL do? Uh, it's a competitor, direct ah. competitor, but it's all online. So we feel that his knowledge of the technology side is much better positioned to drive 3PL than um, Kip oh, McGrath Education. So yeah, this is a definite sell for us. Uh, if you want to be in the space, uh, move over to 3PL. Yeah. Uh, but we can, we that, can that tutoring space, my, my kids are a, a bit out of that at the moment, being adults, but grandkids sort of going through now. Um, particularly in Asia, it's massive. Um, I had a, a daughter live in, in Hong Kong and Vietnam for years, and they'd, they'd have buses wrapped in advertising for tutoring businesses, you know, because of all the tiger mums yep. saying, I want, I've, my kid's got to be a doctor or a astrophysicist. Yep. You know, you've got to succeed. Yep. It's like taking a leaf out of Brave New World, but for tiger mums, you know. Yeah. Three, four-year-old kids, you're a doctor already. Yeah. I'm surprised how big it is in, in Australia as well. Yeah. In certain suburbs. I think it's more yeah. of a socioeconomic area yeah. in, in yeah. Australia. Um, but it's, you know, I know where my kids went to school, there was quite a lot of tutoring. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah. the online one, 3PL, a yeah. good suggestion as an alternative. Cool. Um, so thank you for that, uh, David. Appreciate the suggestion. Some some good thoughts from both Rob and Francesco there. Our final stock, uh, Francesco, um, IGO uh, is being suggested by Philip, getting back into the exploration of mining area, into nickel, copper, and, and cobalt. What do you think of IGO? Yeah, so they've got a thirty percent stake in Tropicana Mine east of Kalgoorlie, and one hundred percent in a mine called Nova in Norseman. Uh, so yeah, nickel, copper, cobalt. Um, you know, we've got a sell recommendation on this based yep. upon its valuation. The share price has been moving up in the short term, um, and I think that's partly due to the commodity prices as well. Um, but uh, analysts suggesting that they've had some grade declines uh, in recent times, which could see things um, you know pair back a bit, um, and. There's some M&A concerns over the company now. I'm not sure whether um, the analysts are suggesting that they've got some targets on their list, which they can't mention, right. um, but there's some concerns around M&A on them as well. You know, it trades on a, a 32 times PE for, for, for 2021, but then that PE jumps, to, and this is on our expectations, to 110 times on FY22. So I think right. the share price movement is based upon short-termism. Uh, rare analysts are looking a bit long-term on that. Okay. So we'd be... Yeah, you know, on this price strength, um, you know, we'd be looking to lighten Take this ourselves. Okay, Rob? Uh, yeah, we'd be the same. We'd be lightening this one for sure. Um, so we're seeing revenue composition, that 100% uh, mine they own in uh, the Nova mine. That's about 62% of the revenue. Uh, the one they've just got into, that Tropicana, is about 37% of revenue. 
Um, look, obviously they're taking advantage of um, you know some of the, the commodity prices right now, but um, look, we we would kind of take the opportunity to move out of it. What we're seeing is that the uh, costs are actually expanding. So I think their gold costs are growing from about uh, 1,150 per ounce to about. Um, 1300 for all in sustainable costs. Oh. We're also seeing a drop off in their output. So I think um, the fourth quarter results were about 17,000 ounces, which implies an annual uh, production of about 68,000. Um, I think this year they're saying it's going to be 55,000 and next right. year it's going to go down to 52. So okay. uh, reduced output, increased costs, probably not right. where you want to be long term. Uh, which is where your PE thing for 2022 yeah. comes in, does that? That's mm. reflected well, in Well, and, that. and okay. the increased costs could be a reflection mm. of the grade declines as well. Yeah, exactly you know, right. You, if right. your grades are declining, it costs you more to extract the, the ore from oh, the... That's the point. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, so uh, a no for IGO. Let's uh, recap our final five stocks. Um, from uh, Mervac, a no from Rob. Um, Ords have an accumulate, but just keep watching, it's probably at the lower end of accumulate. Um, Rob prefers Goodman if you're gonna be in that, that space. Uh, Domino, a no from Francesco, a hold from uh, Rob. Uh, Oz Minerals, um, yes from Rob. Uh, accumulate from uh, from Ords, from Francesco. Uh, Kip McGrath, uh, a no for Kip McGrath. Uh, 3PL is an alternative to it, which is an online tutoring business with some pretty good management on board, and a no for independence group. Um, so that gives gives us our 10 stocks. A very big thank you to Rob Collett from Macro Capital. Rob, good to see you again. And Francesco Destratus from Ward Bennett. Good to see you, mate. Pleasure, Dave. Thank you for all your comments today. Um, if you'd like us to uh, cover a stock that you're interested in, of course, you can send us suggestions. Our 10 stocks always come from you. Uh, the call at osbiz.com.au is our email address. Be patient with us. Sometimes people get a bit narky because we take a while to get around it. We've got a lot of suggestions <laughs> coming through. We try and get through as many as we possibly can. But we can only do 10 a day. Uh, send your suggestions through Twitter at TV. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.